Welcome to the Rise of a Chosen Generation podcast, where it's all about Jesus. I pray that this message inspires you to press in to know the Lord. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more. Um, hi, everybody. I trust everybody is doing well and strong. So basically, in this podcast, we'll just be moving on from where we left off from Matthew 5, verse 3. Um, in the previous podcast, was talking about how God has to be our only option. How we have to understand that we need God and when we act on that need by pursuing Him, heaven's abundance is availed to us so basically one of the things that actually show that God is your only option and that you fully depend on God is the extent of your prayer life because you cannot come to a place where you say you depend on God but then you don't pray and you don't seek the Lord. It's a bit of a double standard. So basically today we'll just be picking up from there. But of course it, it becomes difficult for one to have an extensive or a deep prayer life if you don't fully trust God with your heart. Because... Bold faith rests on the shoulders of quiet trust, isn't it? Our prayers are much more effective when we are still and we operate from a place of trust because in actual fact, trust actually fuels our faith. So basically today we'll be moving on to Matthew 5 verse 4 which says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I believe another translation uses the word, the word grieve in place of mourning. And um, the Passion Translation says, Blessed are they that wait on the Lord. So I'm just going to play around with all those three and share basically on that. So grief and mourning, we basically know these, especially in the context of loss. Like when we lose a family member, a friend or something like that. Um, it's expected of us to mourn and to grieve because of the depth of the hurt that such things cause us. And I like to say that you can only be hurt in an area of weakness. Um, which is why you find that people usually mount up walls after they've been hurt so that they can prevent themselves from being hurt again. But then again, when you mount up walls, you actually shield um, your capacity to love 
you begin to love less because of the walls that you have and then you're now unable to love as Christ loved so like I mentioned earlier on that you only get hurt in your area of weakness um, I believe that mourning actually and grieving is an expression of weakness so one way I would actually translate this portion of scripture again will be blessed are those who express their witnesses to God for they shall be comforted the word comfort in that in, 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 in that scripture is translated from the Greek word parakaleo para meaning besides and kaleo meaning to call out so basically the comfort of the Holy Spirit is such that he calls you to his side the comfort of the Holy Spirit is such that he instills hope and strength into you so it's basically not a pity party saying oh I'm sorry oh I'm sorry but it's actually the encouragement of the whole of the Holy Spirit to us to ensure that we're in a better place than he found us in that moment you know, when we present ourselves in, in our moments of hurt, in our moments of weakness, we are actually opening up a door for the power of God to be made sure in us. So the question really comes down to this. Am I able now to trust God with my heart? Am I able to trust God with my weaknesses? The Bible tells us, um, to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. And I believe the, the greatest expression of our love for God with all our heart and soul is when we are able to actually lay down our weaknesses at his feet and to allow him to be made strong even in those moments. I'm sure one of the most popular stories um, in the New Testament, especially in Jesus' time, is that of the alabaster box. The woman came at Jesus' feet and cried, literally washed his feet with her tears and wiped it with her hair and then smashed the alabaster box all over his feet. The tears, I believe the tears were a sign, were, were, were her literally pouring out her weaknesses to God. Just pouring out her hurt to God in that moment and then when she brought the alabaster box that was something that was very costly especially in that time she was those are I believe that it's representing her strengths so I believe it's not only our weaknesses that we need to pour out at Jesus feet but even our strengths because our abilities have a threshold when it comes to impact our strengths have a threshold. We have a limitation. Like, we sh like I shared in the previous podcast, that when we fully depend on God, we are availing ourselves to receive heaven's abundance. So heaven itself becomes our limitation and not our own abilities. So yeah, the question still remains that are we able now to trust God with our hearts? Are we able now to trust God with our weaknesses, to really express them before him, be it in prayer, be it in worship? I believe 
um, one, of, one of the main reasons why we are able to really find comfort and to be ministered to when we read through the Psalms is because there is, there is, those are the words of broken people, people really expressing their deepest emotions in, in moments of hurt, in moments of joy and jubilation, um, in moments of victory, in moments of loss. You find them really expressing the very depths of, of, of their hurt, um, the very depths of their joy in every moment, literally crying out to God and just pouring out their heart without a filter. I believe it's because of that authenticity in expression that we actually begin, we, we, we really find comfort in those Psalms. Because I've, I've, I've come to learn, especially in this week, that God doesn't use superstars. He doesn't use superheroes. He uses broken vessels. As David said, that a broken and a contrite heart he will not despise. So I believe it's in those moments of brokenness, in those moments where we yield and, and, and literally pour out our hearts to God, that he begins to pick us up and to mold us in what into what he intended us to be in the very first place. So, you know, I think one portion of scripture that really, captures and summarizes everything that I have been saying right now is found in 2 Corinthians 12. I'll read from verse <clears throat> 7 in the NKJV translation. Um, Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this, Thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's the thing. Many people usually think that this thorn in the flesh is a sickness. But in actual fact, it's not a sickness. Because there's no way God would give you sickness um, to discipline you. Because there's no sickness in God. Therefore, he is unable to give it. Because he doesn't possess it, he doesn't possess it himself. And, firstly... The Bible also tells us that by his stripes we are healed. So why would God now be antagonizing the very work that he did? So, it's not a sickness that Paul had. I'm glad he actually mentions exactly what he is talking about when he talks about the, the, the thorn in his flesh. He says, therefore, I take pleasure, firstly, in infirmities, secondly, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. So basically, here's the thing. Jesus said that in this world there will be many troubles. So it's given that we are going to encounter challenges. 
we are going to encounter circumstances that may overwhelm us. We are going to um, be hurt in, in, in many aspects. But what is the posture of our hearts in those moments? Are we going to take it upon ourselves to get us out of those moments? Or are we going to trust God with our hearts and to share our hurt with him? Jesus cries out emphatically, Come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, this is what happens when when we decide to lean on our own strength in the case of difficulty and hurt. Um, we can pull a facade and go around telling people that we are okay, so much so that we ourselves actually end up believing that we are okay. And this is just basically like a pseudo-comfort, you know, where, where now these deep-seeded hurt or bitterness that lies within that has been masked. And then what, what ends up happening is that our heart becomes calloused. And then we lose sensitivity. And unfortunately, when we lose sensitivity, it's not only to external things, but it's also to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit himself is tender. So when our hearts become calloused, when our hearts become hardened, unfortunately, we may not feel the hurt that may be coming our way, but also we lose out on a very significant part of our communion with the Holy Spirit. And when our hearts become hardened, we are now numb to the influence of the Holy Spirit, meaning that our experience of Him will also diminish. And when our experience also decreases like I mentioned in the first program we actually then get into form into a form of worship where it's really no longer about our experience and our encounter but it's about routines because now we are unable to really commune with the Holy Spirit okay I'll be very honest with, with you guys I think for the past week, um, I had been walking around also with a burden I could not explain. It literally just gripped my heart and I just felt I really couldn't do much. Um, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't express myself well. I remember having to go through this past Sunday service. I was just numb. I literally couldn't even worship God as I usually do. I could just feel such a heavy burden right on my heart. And it's unlike me to be numb and just expressionless during worship. But that's exactly how I was because of all these burdens that I had allowed to accumulate in my heart. I could tell that even in that moment, 
um, in the service that God was really there and he was really working in people's hearts. I could literally see him touching people and healing people's hearts. But I, because of the burdens that were on my heart, wasn't able to really connect. I wasn't able to really be present in the moment because of all of that. And because of that burden on my heart, it translated to my thought patterns in that moment. You know, it begins to drift away from what's actually happening in that moment. So, you know, I've not really been one person to harbor things in my heart. Because whenever I remember, there's a time where I was walking from class. This was when I was still back in China. I was walking from class. And then I could just feel an overwhelming sense in my heart. Like my heart was drowning into a sea of burdens or something like that. I didn't even understand what it was. But my first reaction while I was walking from class was to run to my room and begin to pray. And I believe I began to pray and just pray. Just pray in the spirit. I didn't even know what it was. So I literally just said, Lord, I don't understand what's going on in my heart. So I just began to just began to pray in the spirit. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 26, 27, that we know not how we ought to how how to pray as we ought to, but the spirit maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So I just began to pray in tongues, believing that God will bring freedom to my heart. And it was after a while that I now just experienced peace in my heart and I knew that I was victorious in that moment and my joy was restored. Here's the thing. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. So it's not based on any external circumstances but because it's a fruit it ought to be cultivated. It's not a fruit of circumstance but it's a fruit of the spirit. So really it doesn't matter what I'm going through but because I already know that the joy of the Lord is in my heart I am able now to tap into it and to express it in spite of the circumstances. As the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Therefore, if we are able now to let go of all that hurt at the feet of Jesus, if we are able to let go of all the bitterness at the feet of Jesus, this is what happens. We begin to unmask the joy that is already within us. And it's in that joy that we begin to find strength to move forward. Even in the midst of those circumstances that may not have changed. You know, but at least your intrinsic environment has changed. Therefore, you are now able to overcome. The Bible says about Jesus that because of the joy that was ahead of him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So I believe it's, it's, it's the joy of the Lord that gives us the strength to overcome. As I was still sharing about the burden that I was feeling, how it seems like everything was just accumulating and piling up in my heart. Um, I've been going through a whole a, a lot of things in my life. Like it seems like in every aspect of my life, nothing is moving forward. It seems like everything just is just crushing. 
um, from my time in the hospital, sometimes in ministry too, um, in my relationships, my friendships and all of that. It just seems like nothing is really working out for me. Yeah, so I guess that really took a toll on my heart. And here's the thing. I had actually no idea that this is what had been happening all along. I actually thought that perhaps I had everything in check until this week when I realized that, nope, I do not actually have everything in check. Actually, not this week, but building into this week, especially last week. I was just like, it seemed like everything just began to... It just seemed like everything was working against me. And I didn't actually know what to do. Um, it, it becomes harder, of course, in situations like that to pray. You know, it's the right thing to do, to get on your knees and pray. But it becomes harder. It becomes such a deep struggle for you to actually pray. But I had to. But then it was in this week that I realized that it had really taken a toll on me. And it's not, it's not been the easiest of times because I've also noticed that because of all of this that's going on on the inside it actually affects how I express myself especially in the past few days I've been keeping to myself and not really wanting to go out or you know and sometimes you find yourself smiling so that um, people don't ask you what's going on and all that that in the end, that's not what how God created us to be. He created us with relationships in mind. So that's what we are wired for. So when things like this happen, they actually begin to hinder even the way that we relate to one another, even the way that we relate to God. You know, so it's very important that um, even in the midst of um, all of this we, we, we just release ourselves I'm just taking this time also as I believe that this is also a moment that God has allowed me to release my heart to just release everything that's been going on and I can actually already feel freer, you know, and I don't know, I guess this is also an invitation to many of us um, to let loose of what's been troubling us in our hearts, to just lay before God. For some of you, it might be difficult to speak to God in a moment. Find a friend. Um, hold each other's hands and begin to let it out. 
You know, the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, this is where healing begins. When you begin to release all these things that have been clogging your heart and masking the wounds that have been in your heart that might have come as a result of circumstances. Because by nature, um, and how we were created, we were created to live in response to God and not in reaction to circumstances. So when our hearts are continually clogged up by all of these things, um, when, our, when every wound is calloused, when our hearts are calloused, this is what happens. We begin to live in reaction all the time. That's why you'll find that hurt people hurt people because that's what that's the nature of their heart you cannot give what you do not have if you've not been full if you've not been healed in your heart it's really difficult to be authentic in the way that you love it's really difficult to be authentic in the way that you express your worship to god because there's always going to be something that you are holding on to you know i hope that makes sense and the best kind of worship is when our hands are open and when we've got nothing to hold on to. As the Bible says that God seeks they that worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, that speaks of authenticity. You know, just laying your heart bare with no filters before God. And I believe that's something that really pleases God because it takes faith to be authentic before God. Maybe sometimes it's our view and perspective of who God is that actually hinders our worship and our expression to Him. Sometimes we forget that He's our Father and we just see Him as God. So that already means that there's particular things in our lives that he shouldn't know because he is God. But if we understand that he's, he's our father, he's our comforter, he's our friend, then that basically opens us up. If I'll be honest, I really don't know half the things that I've been saying right now. But I believe that this is truly an invitation from God to just come at his feet. And lay your heart bare at his feet. Come unto me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because when you settle for your comfort zone of not dealing with pain, of not dealing or confronting any hurt, when you settle for that, you actually settle for a mediocre form of comfort. But when you decide to lay it at God's feet, as Jesus said before he left, that I will give unto you another comforter. That already means that there is a heavenly type of comfort that is availed to us when we decide to let God in to those deep places of our hearts where we don't want to let anybody else in, into those secret places where he can begin to help us to deal with those things. Perhaps for some people it might have happened because of scars in your childhood. 
perhaps you might have been molested, you might have been raped, you might have been abused, you might have gone through trauma traumatic events and all of that that might have scarred you in your heart. Perhaps for some people it might have been breakups without closure, it might have been people that might have cheated on you. It doesn't matter what it is, but you'll find that as a result of what happened in the past, people begin to react to circumstances because of that you know some people's bitterness some people's hurt is really rooted in their hearts and it's something that they've learned to walk with something they've learned to live with but i believe that when god saved us he wanted to free us also from things like that so that we are able now to live our lives in authenticity, to worship with authenticity, to love as he loves because we are authentic. I didn't mention that um, one of the translations uses the phrase wait on God in place of those that mourn. So I'm just going to quickly read from Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14. It says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So basically, it takes courage to trust. It takes courage to To lay down and to acknowledge your weaknesses but it's very important for us to also learn to not only acknowledge our weaknesses or to pour them out at the feet of Jesus but we also need to learn to wait on the Lord in prayer the Bible says in in, 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 in Psalm 27 14 wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. So one of the ways in which our hearts can be strengthened is when we learn to wait on God in prayer. Here's the thing. When 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 situations come, there's two ways that you can take. One way will harden your heart. One way will strengthen your heart. The way of covering up and building walls will harden your heart but the way of prayer and waiting on the Lord is what will strengthen your heart ladies and gentlemen in this time that we are in in these days of troubles it is very important that we cultivate a prayer life so that our hearts can be strengthened in the Lord the Bible tells us to not be conformed to the patterns of this world but if our hearts are not strengthened, it's only a matter of time that we begin to pattern the way that we live according to the dictates of the world. When it comes to our relationships, if we are not strong in our hearts, we will default to the patterns of the world. 
in the way we run our ministries, in the way that we do our work, whatsoever it is, if we do not cultivate a prayer life, our hearts will always remain weak. And when we have a weak heart, we are tossed and wheresoever the wind blows. But if our hearts are strengthened, especially through prayer, we are anchored. And it takes a strengthened heart to bounce back from hurt. It takes a strengthened heart to forgive. It takes a strengthened heart to let go of bitterness. Of course, there's, there's a whole lot of other things that a strengthened heart can help us. But this can only be achieved when our hearts are strengthened. Just going back to verse, um, verse 13 of Psalm 27 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I believe that if we don't believe that we will see the goodness of God in a particular circumstance or situation, it becomes difficult for us to wait on God. And when there's all these weights on our heart, our perspective can be skewed so much so that it's drifted from seeing the deliverance of the Lord and actually just focusing on what surrounds us in that moment. And the moment we begin to view what is in the moment, the moment we shift our attention from seeing the deliverance and the goodness of God that is going to happen in that moment, we begin to lose our will and drive to wait on the Lord. So I believe it's our perspective that will help us to wait on the Lord. If we're able to believe in a moment that indeed we will see the goodness of God, it becomes easier for us to wait on Him until we see it. And the psalmist also says, Great peace have they that love the law of the Lord, and nothing shall offend them. So it's basically the word of God that begins to shape our perspective so that we are confident in seeing the goodness of God which will then help us to wait on Him. And it's in that waiting that our hearts are strengthened. So it's important to stay in the word of God so that our eyes and our perspective are shifted in such a way that will help us to always depend on God even in the days even in this in, in these days of trouble. Um, I hope everything that I've said makes sense and I hope that you are encouraged. I'm just gonna take a brief moment to pray for for us. Father in the name of Jesus I thank you for this moment. I thank you for touching our hearts. I thank you for touching my heart. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd continue, oh Lord, to release your grace, your healing flow over each and every one of us. 
Heavenly Father, your word has declared that whom the Son sets free, he is free indeed. I pray and I declare freedom, O Heavenly Father God, over everybody that is listening to this. I pray, O Heavenly Father, that it's not only a freedom that remains with them, but, O Heavenly Father, may it be a freedom that will overflow to the people that they encounter. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that if there be anything that has been troubling us, any form of bitterness, any hurt, any unforgiveness in our hearts, Father, in this moment, we release you at your feet. I thank you, Lord, for strengthening our hearts. I thank you, O Heavenly Father, for strengthening our hearts. I pray, O Heavenly Father, that the posture of our hearts may be that of surrender in every moment. That we may continue to depend on you. That we may continue to trust in you. That we may continue to express our need for you, O Lord, and to not hold back, but to trust you with everything. the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Everyone who's able to find a space for like both of your knees. Hello everybody. My name is Caleb Juma. I trust that you were blessed by the message that you just heard. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channels on Google Podcasts and iTunes under the handle The Rise of a Chosen Generation. Do check us out also on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, under the same handle, The Rise of a Chosen Generation. Be sure to send in your queries, your comments, and any feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Stay blessed.